Premier Christian Newscast. priest in the Czech Republic has had to apologise after he twice stamped and crushed a row of Halloween-carved pumpkins. Father Jaromir Smykal's actions caused uproar in his village, prompting the ministers to say sorry to the local children who carved the pumpkins. In a post on Facebook, Father Smykal had described the popular orange vegetables as, quote, symbols of the satanic feast of Halloween. While he now felt regretful, knowing that they had been carved by local youngsters, he insisted he still had a duty, quote, as a figure of authority and a priest to protect children and families from hidden evil. It's easy to chuckle at this story, but it is in truth only the extreme end of what's quite a common line of thinking within Christian circles. What for the wider world is a bit of harmless fun involving dressing up in sweets, to many believers is a sinister or even occultish celebration of evil. Should the church shun Halloween, or would that be going over the top? How can we distinguish between genuinely dangerous dabbling with the occult and primary school-aged children dressing up as witches? Do church-organised light parties redeem the 31st of October, or simply set the church up in pompous judgement over secular society? And should we actually be trying to reclaim the ancient Christian origin of All Hallows' Eve, after all? I'm Tim Wyatt. And this is the Premier Christian Newscast. This week, I'm joined by Emma Fowle and Sam Hales from Premier Christianity magazine to discuss all things spooky, frightful and ghoulish, and how, or indeed if, the church should get stuck in to Halloween. Well, hi, Sam and Emma. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast once again. Um, as we record this, it's the day before Halloween, the 30th of October. Um, by the time you all listen to this, it would have come and gone. Um, and so we thought it'd be fun to have a little whistle-stop tour about different ways in which church people and different church traditions deal with Halloween as a, an increasingly popular festival. Um, and uh, I wanted to kick it off with a little story from the Czech Republic of all places. I don't know if you guys spotted this, but where uh, a priest, a Roman Catholic priest in the Czech Republic has had to apologize after he twice stamped and smashed up a bunch of Halloween carved pumpkins he found outside the church. Um, he said this, leaving the rectory on Sunday evening, I saw numerous symbols of the satanic feast of Halloween placed in front of our sacred grounds. I acted according to my faith and duty to be a father and protector of the children entrusted to me, and so remove these symbols. My duty as a figure of authority and a priest is to protect children and families from hidden evil. Um, though he later asked Adam on Facebook, he had not intended to cause any harm, and if he had known that they'd been carved by children, rather than intending to, quote, express contempt for what is holy to us as Catholics, he might have thought twice. <laughs> have either of you ever come across... <laughs> a priest or a vicar taking it into their hands to smash up Halloween pumpkins to protect the children from evil before. Never. Wow, that does seem like quite an extreme response, doesn't it? I mean, although, you know, perhaps they did have pentagons carved in them or something <laughs> super offensive. But from, from reading the report, it, it suggests that maybe not. So, uh, yeah, it does seem a little bit over the top, if I'm honest. Although, you know, Halloween is one of those things that does invoke very strong reactions both sides of the camp, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Do you think this is just one eccentric piece, 
priest taking things too far? Or do you think actually this guy in the Czech Republic is actually kind of reflecting a, a kind of line of thinking that is more common among Christians today, even if it's not so often expressed quite so violently or aggressively? Wow. Yeah, it's it's just it's such a divisive issue. And it's it's one that I've sort of, you know, my my kids now are 15 and 17. And um, someone once asked my younger daughter a few years ago what the worst thing about being a Christian was. And literally without pause, she said not being allowed to celebrate Halloween, like wow. straight off the bat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, maybe we need to because we, we you know, I, I we go to an evangelical church. We've always been part of that um, tradition. It's not sort of I wouldn't say we are aggressively anti-Halloween, but certainly we don't partake in Halloween. We have light parties. We do all the alternative stuff. We try to make it as fun as possible. I've tried over the years to sort of really go down that line to be like, we don't celebrate Halloween. We're not going and trick or treating, but let's go do something fun as a family. Let's have people round. Let's go bowling, like you know, all those kinds of things. But despite that, she she was like, that's her strongest memory. I'm like, oh, you're going to be a, me- a messed up thirty year old because your mum never let you celebrate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sam? Where do you stand in your family on, on this? Uh, we're at the other end of the um, conundrum to Emma because our kids are a lot younger. And so we're having to st- have serious chats, my wife and I, about well, what's our stance on Halloween? Do we celebrate it? Do we not celebrate it? And honestly, I think it's it's quite difficult. Um, but to your point, um, Tim, on whether this priest is is on the bit of a you know extremist end i don't think he is i mean perhaps in the way he's outworked his views but i meet plenty of christians who say halloween encourages dabbling with the occult and halloween celebrates evil those two points were made by j john j john is probably one of the most well-known evangelists in the uk uh, has enormous influence is a pretty mainstream figure um He's, he's not a he would never be described as an extremist or on the fringe uh, quite to the contrary so i think there's plenty of christians that have big issues with halloween fields feels that it does celebrate darkness and evil and as christians want to say we stand for the light we stand for truth and we we don't want to involve ourselves but i think the most positive outworking of that that i've seen is is almost every church i'm aware of will throw some kind of halloween alternative um, and maybe the issue for emma's kids is is the halloween alternatives haven't been fun enough i don't know but i was at a I, I was at a silent <laughs> disco the other day at a local church with my three-year-old. She had a brilliant time and there was candy floss and dancing and you could still dress up. It just, you know, dress up as positive, happy things rather than dark things. And so I think if churches can do the Halloween alternatives, that's probably the best way forward. And I think it's the sort of thing that no one can really argue with. I mean, I meet plenty of people who aren't Christians who say, actually, I'm not a Christian, but I don't like the really dark costumes that I've seen in the supermarkets. And, and it is notable that, you know, some of the trick-or-treating that goes on with teenagers. It is quite scary for the elderly, for example. So I don't think you have to be a Christian to raise raise some issues with Halloween. No, I, I totally agree. And, and over the years, you know, we've certainly found that light parties have been really well received in our local community by non-Christians for exactly those reasons. And plenty of parents are looking for something to do with their kids on that night um that is less scary less out in the cold in the dark even you know just just those sort of simple practical things it's november it's the beginning of november it's normally raining etc um and and i think that's a really valid point like we've even carried testimonies on our own um on premierchristianity.com of people who became christians through being invited to a light party which is really amazing so i think i think that is the most important thing is that once again that the church is seen as sort of 
um, you know, if we are going to say, actually, you know, there are some elements of this that we don't like, that we're actually not just being like the grumpy people in the corner shouting about stuff, but that we're actually offering an alternative and giving a good reason for the hope that we have and, and doing something that invites people into something better rather than being just like, no, you must not. And I think light parties do that really well. I've been along and helped out at a number of bright or light parties at various churches over the years. And, and I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, but there is always this nagging doubt in the back of my head, which is that I think this is really well-intentioned and can often be a really fun time for the kids. But it, is it also an example of the church once again trying to set itself apart or in opposition to the wider culture it's trying to reach? And there's a real risk that you know, everyone else is doing one thing and we're like, no, on the 31st of October, we will go in the opposite direction and we will have a celebration where the theme makes no sense to you because it's about brightness and lightness. And it just, it, there's a risk that it, it sets the church up. It was kind of standing in judgment over its wider culture and, and saying, you silly pagan, heathen pagans are going around in your skeleton costumes and your kids dress up as little witches, but us holy good Christians are having a, a wholesome fun and yet very uh safe light party in the church hall instead do you guys ever ever kind of get that get that niggling doubt in the back of your head like i do yeah and i think that would be totally where my daughter was coming from like when sam said oh maybe your light parties are not good enough i'm like they were that's i was pretty, running them that's they a pretty offensive brilliant. comment wasn't it in hindsight i should probably retract that but i do apologize i'm sure they're great parties <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but but that would be exactly her point. She's like, but there's nothing wrong with the alternatives we've offered. It's just not what my mates are doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're 14, 15, and you just want to be out doing the things that the rest of the town is doing, and it's this huge social event, and your mum's being like, yes, but let's go do something else really cool. She's like, I don't want to be there doing something else. I want to be with my friends over here. And and I think that you know, we, and again, we've had you know lots of people write for us over the years for Premier Christianity that have expressed those kinds of sentiment, that have kind of said, well, rather than you know, yeah, taking ourselves off and saying no, let's do this instead, how do we actually engage with the things that people are thinking, and you know, those opportunities that come from. Um, a time of year that really grabs like popular culture and its sort of attention. And I think for me, one thing that is really interesting, I, I know quite a lot of American Christians who I would consider on the whole American Christianity to be largely more evangelically more conservative than us. But when it comes to Halloween, it's a total role reversal. I know zillions of prominent American Christians, people in church leadership who would be conservative on many, many issues, much more conservative than me, don't drink, you know, all that kind of stuff. Halloween, they are all in. Their pastors and their kids are dressing up and they're out doing trick-and-treating and the, the church has got trick-and-treating stations set up and, you know, so there is this disconnect and for them culturally it's just um, a fun thing to do. And so I, I do wonder, you know, when you get those people saying, well, maybe it is just a fun thing to do. Maybe we just need to get over ourselves. Maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's something I, I, And I've noticed that with my American friends as well. I, I think often in America there's a culture where they're able to celebrate Halloween in a a more appropriate way, if I can use that word. It's less dark. It's less scary. And, you know, we had this. Our daughter's in, in nursery, and, and she's going to be in nursery on Halloween. And, um, you know, the, the nursery made it very clear feel free to dress up, but please no scary costumes. So you think, well, me as a Christian, I think, do I just withdraw my child from nursery and say, but the very fact you're marking Halloween means she can't go. Well, actually, no, I think if it's not scary, if it's not, if it's not, it's clearly not celebrating evil, is it? 
clearly I'm okay with that. And and Tim, to your point, Christians do need to positively engage with the culture and not just be seen for what we're against. But I suppose there is a flip side to that as well. And it is a spectrum, isn't it? Do we positively engage as Christians or, and you, you use this phrase as well, Tim, set apart, where the church sets itself apart or people talk about holiness? I, I think it's easier for us, isn't it, as, as Christians sometimes to talk about, come on, church, let's positively engage. Let's not be seen for what we're against. Let's engage with the culture. That's a nice thing to be able to say. But I do think it's also true that there are times as Christians we do have to be set apart. We have to be holy. We have to say, no, there is a line and I'm not going there. And I'm, I'm sorry if that makes it look like I'm being a bit grumpy or, um, you know, it's it's not perhaps so popular in Christian culture because we'd rather be known for what we're for. But I think sometimes a Christian say, well, we are against that. We are actually against evil. Uh, we are against the occult. We are against dabbling with the demonic. And so I might look like a bit of a killjoy, but never mind. Christians won't always be liked. And, and I think, you know, I want to defend that view as well. But it is a, it is a spectrum. It is a continuum. And, and I'm finding as a Christian parent, it's actually quite hard to know where to land on some of this stuff. To what extent do you engage and say, that's fine, that's harmless fun. But I still would want to draw the line at times and say, actually, no, I'm not going to let my child engage with things that I... Because at the end of the day, as Christians, we do believe in a spiritual reality. We do believe that the demonic exists, that there is a dark side to, to spirituality as much as a plus a positive side. Um, and so I think, you know, discernment is obviously needed. But um, as a Christian parent, I would say it is a tough one. I think that's really interesting what you mentioned there, Sam, because I, I think that's almost part of the the way the church and culture talk past each other is for that reason is because we really do as evangelicals like believe that there are you know demonic spiritual forces at work the bible is quite clear about that that we're in a spiritual battle and that we i think quite rightly have want to have nothing to do with with the occult and with satanism but then the people you know i see in in my small kind of quiet estate where i live who engage in Halloween it's got nothing to do with that you know it's it's mums and dads with five and six year olds dressed up as skeletons or as witches holding a kind of little cauldron going around collecting treats sugary treats and because they don't believe in the occult because they don't believe the devil is real I think actually sometimes we project what you know we, we force what the world does into our own kind of mental categories and because we are rightly alive to the danger of, of the devil and, and of the occult, we look at something that on the surface appears maybe a little a little occultish. But actually, when you talk to people who, you know, non-Christians who actually take part in Halloween, the idea that this is some kind of malevolent, uh, demonic festivity where we're kind of, you know, like that priest was saying, you know, celebrating Satanism, it's a satanic feast, it just couldn't be further from the truth. So I sometimes wonder, actually... Um, if we're going to slow down and actually talk to parents and children who engage in Halloween, particularly of the younger end, and say, what is it you think you're celebrating? We discover actually there's very little there for us to disagree with. Yeah, it, it is really difficult, isn't it? Because like you say, there is such a massive disconnect. And I think what's interesting is if you listen to the testimonies of people who have been involved in New Age or occultish, um, come from those kinds of backgrounds, they tend to be the ones that are you know, very, very like you must not touch this with a barge bowl do not underplay this this is really real this is really dangerous and I certainly grew up in, in a part of the country where it it felt very real um I grew up on the edge of London and we had a big forest where we lived called Epping Forest where there were very active um witches covens and my, one of my best friends actually um he lived um, very near to a very tiny rural Anglican church in the middle of the forest that used to get desecrated every Halloween um, to the point that his granddad, who was on the church wardens, used to sleep inside the church every year to try and stop, you know, the, the 
doors being daubed and you know satanic like little birds and small animals and, and like disgusting stuff happening and so like i think if you grow up with that experience if it's very real to you you may have a very visceral response to it and that's kind of tricky because like you say it's it, that's not an easy conversation to have with someone on your doorstep you can't really have that conversation with someone on your doorstep but i mean when we used to do the light parties when i was running the kids work at our church when my kids were younger we used to run a toddler group as well and we would we would have some literature available in the weeks running up to halloween and we give them to the parents along with the invites to the, the light party and things and it, it's it does provide an opportunity actually to talk about some of those things that you probably wouldn't ever talk about normally and you know we, I did actually have some genuinely very interesting conversations with parents not that they you know thought that they were doing like you say they, they didn't consider they were doing anything bad but you, you suddenly you do have the opportunity to talk about spiritual things things that you can't see what happened you know death how you celebrate death how you interact with those themes um, and so that I think that can genuinely be quite a conversation opener and perhaps now more than ever, like all the researchers, especially with, amongst young people, that people are more interested in alternative spiritualities than ever. So maybe there is more of an opportunity for us to say, well, yeah, you are interested in things outside of what we can see and, and what we can understand on an intellectual and human level. Let me tell you about what the Bible says about that, where it's appropriate, obviously. But that's probably not on your doorstep when you've got a five year old and they just want a bag of sweets. <laughs> Premier Christian Newscast. Premier Christian Newscast. It, it reminds me of a, a kind of a, a third way that I've come across in recent years, which is is rather than trying to gather all your children and the children in your community, you know, off the streets and into the church hall for a light party, is to say, no, no, we're going to stay at our homes, um, but ru- and kind of be ready for trick or treaters, but rather than simply just you know giving them sweets and you know absorbing cobwebs over the front of our house like everyone else does use it as an evangelistic opportunity you know I've seen lots of well a handful of pastors writing blogs and and kind of evangelism ministries saying guys this is the the one night in the year when they will come to you and knock on your door you know why not invite trick-or-treaters in give them some chocolate but maybe have some kind of Halloween themed tract or some kind of conversation starter ready to try and say hang on we're not going to abstract ourselves and remove ourselves from this cultural celebration. You know, when, when I was growing up, my parents used to turn the lights off on our house. So people would think we were out and not come and knock on the door and things like that. But we're going to say, no, I have lights open. Well, you know, I even know a vicar who, who sits outside on his kind of front step with a little kind of bonfire going ready, you know, warm, ready to go with, with snacks and things and gets in conversation with local families and introduces himself and sees it as like a brilliant night in the year to build that relationships that you might mm. want to therefore build on further down the line so I guess that's another way of yeah. doing it though I guess then it, it blurs a line of you know how much are you endorsing the the celebration or just kind of sitting adjacent to it yeah but you see all sorts of things like that don't you like I've, I've seen things where there's like free printables that you can print stickers off that have little bible verses about Jesus being the light of the world that you can stick on your pack of Haribos <laughs> and your neighbors, like that kind of thing you know my kids are 
absolutely adamant that they will not be deprived of the pumpkin carving activity. So, you what know, are you going to carve into the pumpkin, Emma? Pumpkin. Is it going to be a scary face? Crosses, <laughs> you know, you know, all sorts of lovely themes rather than dark themes. And I don't know, maybe maybe there's some listeners out there that are horrified that the assistant editor of Premier Christianity allows her children to carve pumpkins, but you know. <laughs> Well, if, if anyone would like to unsubscribe, because uh, both both the assistant editor and the editor of Premier Christianity magazine, we do let our children carve things in pumpkins. Um, despite what I said before about my own personal reservations with Halloween, I do have them. Uh, I cannot see anything wrong with carving a smiley face into a pumpkin. So that's very much something that uh, our family will be engaged with as well. But I mean, just, just to illustrate the different views out there, one of my favourite Halloween stories was a, a colleague I had here at Premier. And she was invited onto Premier Christian Radio, and she thought this is a, a really great opportunity for her to talk about the dangers of Halloween, of how actually as Christians it is something we need to stand against. And she felt very strongly on this. And so she went that afternoon, on the afternoon of Halloween, on air to warn Christians about the dangers of Halloween. She went home and said to her husband, oh, how, how are you? Um, and what have you been doing with the kids? He says, oh, we've just been out trick-or-treating. <laughs> So um, make sure you check with your yeah. significant other what your policy is uh, before before the the main event yeah. is uh, is all I'd say on that. Parenting is tricky. Um, you can have that one for free. Got to reach consensus at this point. Luckily, our, uh, our daughter is below the age in which she's really aware. So it, her Halloween experience extends to, um, I think they made biscuits in the shape of bats at nursery and did some pumpkin painting, would you believe? So which seems fairly, fairly anodyne. Just one other Christian approach I, I've come across a little bit, not as common, is 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 to reach back into kind of Halloween's origins, that it's actually, you know, All Hallows' Eve. And the 1st of November is historically this um, uh, all, all Saints' Day, uh, a celebration of, you know, past Christian saints who have died. And that actually it's kind of, well, it's some historians believe the kind of Halloween obsession with death is 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 actually grows out of a Christian festival, All Saints' Day, which is not much marked particularly by protestants these days uh, and then and some christians say you know what we should use culture's obsession with halloween as a way of actually kind of reclaiming this idea that it that there is it's useful to have a day in which we think about death people we love who have died uh you know saints and and famous christians from the past who inspire us and and maybe there's a way to to say yeah we're not we're not absenting ourselves we're not standing in judgment over halloween but we're gonna take it back to its roots and and it's quite healthy, as it were, to, to to speak about spiritual things, about the afterlife, about what happens when we die on one day of the year. What do you guys make of that approach? Well, I quite like Reformation Day. Reformation Day is the same day as Halloween. And uh, according to some, it is the same day that Martin Luther famously nailed his 95 theses to the door in that church in, in Wittenberg you know, basically kickstarting the, the Protestant Re- Reformation, supposedly, you know, well, apparently happened on the 31st of October as well. Now, how widespread the celebration of Reformation Day is? I mean, my goodness, we're getting into incredibly niche territory now, aren't we? I, I can't honestly say I know anyone who is carving the face of Martin Luther into a pumpkin, although that would be a great idea. Um, So there's there's one alternative, but... Sorry, Tim, the drag is drag us back to the serious point i do think history can help us and you're absolutely right you know all hallows eve and all saints day these are legitimate church traditions that perhaps we should be making a little bit more of and and just to prove there really are all sorts of different opinions on halloween one genuine opinion i've heard from a christian is that 
Jesus defeated the forces of darkness. And so on Halloween, it's all really silly when we dress up as these scary things and we're mocking them because actually we're, we're mocking the defeat of all this scary, scariness and evil. And, and again, for most children, they're not actually scared of this stuff. They're, they're mocking it. And there's a sense in which theologically Jesus is mocking the forces of darkness through what he did on the cross. So there you go. If you want a really obscure view on Halloween, that's, that's one that I've, I've heard that I think, well, it's an interesting take on it, isn't it? It's unusual. I like that. It certainly is. <laughs> I like that, you know, Sam. I haven't come across it before, but I like that. You know, it reminds me that it used to be a, a common thing in kind of a medieval uh, era in, in Britain where there was a day, I can't remember what it was called, where they would kind of um, invert everything upside down. And so they would take kind of a little boy and crown him kind of the king of their little village. And and, and there would be this day where it was a, a kind of way that you could satirically kind of mock the people in charge and authorities, but it turned into this kind of massive debauched, festivities and so the puritans quickly stamped it out when they got in charge because people were going way overboard but i always thought it sounded quite funny you know this idea of kind of flipping it over for a day and making kind of the youngest among you the greatest and and um yeah so i like the idea of maybe using halloween to uh to, tr- to trample death and all and all that has been defeated mm-hmm. by jesus on the cross under our feet who knows it's hard to think of a it's way that a church could live that out in practice isn't it yeah, and it is it is interesting, isn't it? Because it's quite it's quite similar to sort of the discussions we have in church around all lots of things to do with occult and Satan, whether it's exorcisms or deliverance, all that kind of stuff. It does sometimes feel like it ranges from the sublime to the ridiculous. You get sort of people who are, you know, incredibly like this. You know, we mustn't touch this. We must stand against it. It's it's evil. We you know we have to be super aware of it. We mustn't downplay it. And this is all you know the devil's greatest trick is to convince us we don't need to take this stuff seriously and then at the other end you, you've got people who are kind of like you know we mustn't see the devil behind every doorway you know jesus gave us a victory over this stuff we don't need to worry about it we're taking it all too seriously and it, it becomes very tricky i think as a christian to sort of go oh how do i how do i navigate this like with a good level of seriousness a, a level of seriousness that, that that pays attention to what the bible says that is thoughtful about you know culture but that it that isn't extract like reacting in a really extreme way and I, I just think you know we need to go into it as christians prayerfully and you know asking the holy spirit for wisdom and guidance and that might look different for different people at different times in their family life in different cultural settings um and and just you know try and discern how jesus wants us to live in at being the light especially on a day that can be very dark I think the um, the only thing more divisive than this question is surely should Christians teach their kids that Santa isn't actually and I hope there's no children listening but um, but there is a there is a serious there is a serious point I promise that I will come to but that that question you know I've I've yeah. heard people genuinely argue before I'm not going to um, tell my child that Santa whisper it isn't real because i'm concerned that when they grow up they will mm. think well that must mean jesus isn't real either and and honestly you know, much as i respect people from that position honestly i i just can't believe that's true i've met a lot of atheists and i've never met anyone who said well the reason i'm an atheist is because mum and dad were absolutely sure that santa mm. wasn't real and so i then just thought all oh, this god stuff must be made i just don't believe it now the reason this relates to halloween is is i i do think it, it's a little bit different with um with halloween because um i think halloween genuinely can and and again i've spoken to people for who this is the case halloween genuinely can open the door to an interest in the occult and an interest in dark things 
And I think there is a legitimate date. Now, again, not for everyone, because clearly there's plenty of people who can engage with Halloween. It doesn't lead to bad things. But I think if you are predisposed to having a bit too much of an interest in dark things and the occult, I do think Halloween can open the door. And there are stories like that. So while I haven't heard any stories of people saying, you know, the whole what my parents said about Santa put me off faith, I have heard stories, actually, of Halloween opened the door to an interest in some some occult stuff and some dark stuff that I wish I hadn't. So I do think there's, a again, a legitimacy to those Christians who don't want to touch this because uh, those stories are out there. Yeah, and there's a legitimacy to, towards like saying, you know, don't don't treat this stuff lightly, isn't there? That that's you know a lot of kids, and even if it's not around Halloween, that whole kind of like n- n- numbing us, the over familiarity, the sort of not taking it seriously, um, can lead to a, a culture that sort of is ready to engage with things like Ouija boards or crystals or whatever it is, without thinking through the ramifications behind it, because as far as they are aware you know those things are just the same as halloween it's just a bit of fun and we know that there are elements of of occult and new age practices which are not harmless so that that's the danger isn't it and i think that is something that as christians we do need to have at the back of our mind and be able to talk about and the christmas comparison is interesting because it's another example of what is obviously a more famously a christian festival that has got in wider culture superseded by the kind of secular kitsch overlaid version just like all saints day and all hallows eve has been completely obliterated by the kind of americanized kitsch version of halloween so also every church every christian family has to navigate at christmas time how do we strike a balance between saying no hang on this this thing exists because we're celebrating jesus and the birth of jesus and the nativity story and all that while also saying it's nothing wrong with having a, a tree inside your house and giving each other presents and having a, a roast turkey dinner on Christmas Christmas Day. And, and how much can we strike that balance between saying we want to hold on to what is distinctively Christian while also being open to embrace and celebrate with our with our fellow, uh, you know, fam- uh, community members what seems harmless harmless and good. And that's um, it's more complicated maybe with with Halloween, but something we should already probably also be thoughtful about at Christmas time. Not least because I bringing us full circle, I remember very clearly a story in the news a few years ago about how an Anglican vicar had gone around Christmas time to their local primary school to do a um, uh, an assembly and had offhand mentioned, now we all know Santa isn't real, and very much that was not clear to those children, and there were huge complaints from the parents who, who had uh, had the innocence of their children ruined, and so again, I think there's that question of to what extent are Christians going to stand in opposition or in judgment to a harmless cultural practice or to what extent, you know, I I agree with Sam. I know lots of Christians who say we're not going to indulge in the fantasy that Santa is real because we just don't think it's a helpful, you know, thing for our, for our children. If we want to teach them about, you know, it might sound ridiculous, but you know, there is one invisible father-like person who is real and you should pray to. And there's another invisible father-like person who actually was a gigantic hoax. And when you're a bit older, we'll admit that we were lying to you all along. You know, it might sound absurd, but I can I can understand the thought process there. Yeah, um, I was saved from that by my husband. I can remember having that conversation and I was I was on on the side of I'm not telling my kids that Sancho are real. And he took me, he said he said to me exactly that. He was like, do you literally want our children to be the most hated kids in the school, school playground <laughs> when they tell every other child age five <laughs> that Jesus is real, but Santa isn't? And I was like, oh, OK. And we managed to uh, come up with a, with a uh, compromise that... Um, 
put Jesus at the centre, shall we say, but that didn't completely alienate us from our small primary school community from day one. <laughs> the other one that comes to mind in this conversation is, is that age-old divide. It's kind of calmed down now, but when I was growing up in the era of Harry Potter, it was a fierce yes. debate in the church about whether evangelical families should let their young teenagers grow up reading the Harry Potter novels one by one. Uh, which you know what? Were very big in my family, and yes, baffles me that some people oppose them. Well, but- I was gonna, I was gonna mention that because I do think that is relevant to this conversation about Halloween. What I was just saying that for some people, this interest in alternative spirituality, let's say, it does open the open the door to dangerous occult stuff i can remember the culture columnist at the time of writing about harry potter and he won't mind me saying his name because he's, he's admitted this publicly since martin saunders when he wrote the culture column for the uk's leading christian magazine on harry potter he called it quote is this a moving staircase too far and he's and the, and the reason i mention that is he's sort of massively backtracked on that to the point of being incredibly embarrassed about it since i apologize martin for mentioning it um but, but you know i mean is it <laughs> But I think that's a really interesting example, Tim, of what you say, which is that opinion on Harry Potter has changed drastically. So I, I was the same as a, as a kid. I remember this was a huge debate in the church where from memory, it felt like most Christians were saying this is something that opens the door to dangerous occult interest. Keep your children away from this. And I'm, I, I completely appreciate there are still some Christians who hold that view, but they are massively in the minority now compared to what it was like 20, 30 years ago. And so opinions do change, um, do change very drastically on this sort of thing. And who knows what the average Christian opinion will be on Halloween in, in 30 years time. I think, honestly, it could go either way. Yeah, they are. I find all those things really interesting. You know, my kids, are, I've got one child that never been interested in Harry Potter and one that devoured them all, you know. I loved them all and for me I think the best bit of advice I was ever given was engaging the conversation and I think that is you know is again part of the pro for Halloween isn't it is that actually you're not going to be able whether whether you're talking about like your own kids and parenting or whether you're just talking about culture around you more generally as Christians we are you know we are still balancing this how to be set apart and be holy but also you exist in a world where these things are happening and sometimes it is it is a way to have that conversation whether it's with your children or with your neighbors or with your friends to to say well you know with my kids it was always kind of like well let's read Harry Potter let's talk about it let's understand that there are elements of this story that are not real let's understand that there are elements of this story that as Christians we might not agree with um, but but you know you're still engaging in that conversation and and I think there is something in that um, to, to to be considering when we're, we're talking about Halloween as well. Um, how do you engage in the conversation rather than just being like, no, this is bad, it's dangerous, we must stay away from it. And and on the Harry Potter line, you know, the proof of the pudding, I would argue, is in the eating. In that, you know, twenty years on from that global phenomenon, probably the most read book of our generation has there been a huge spike in interest in the occult not that I'm aware of not that evidence seems to speak to and actually I think the Harry Potter books for all their flaws as pieces of literature they do tackle some really interesting and even kind of like Christian adjacent themes around self-sacrifice and dying for the greater good and you know how how much should we be driven by our our set of values and like you say Emma there's a there's a real opportunity I think with any piece of like popular culture to stand critically and say we're not going to just absorb this and say whatever it says and whatever it believes is good and we'll we'll take it into our bloodstream unchallenged but also let's if we read it critically we actually create opportunities both maybe with your own children or maybe in a school context maybe in a church context maybe even in an evangelistic context to say 
you know, we've all read or seen Harry Potter films. What do we think about what J.K. Rowling was trying to say uh, about some of those bigger themes? And can we use those as a bridge to start interesting conversations about death, spirituality, the good, self-sacrifice, what it means to be a good friend uh, and take it from there? That seems to be a, a, a quite positive way of engaging with the culture. Yeah, I mean, there, there, I mean, there have been sort of just... T- Picking up on the theme of it has there been an explosion in interest in witchcraft near coal. Like there have been little reports over recent years that have um, suggested that there has been an upturn in in interest about that. But I mean, you know, you could argue that's not nothing to do with J.K. Rowling, um, especially seeing as those books came out twenty years ago, and probably more to do with the general move away from organised religion. Um, you know, the Church of England said over lockdown, particularly, they had an increase in calls of people asking for help um, after maybe engaging online with with witchcraft and, and occultish stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's an interesting interesting discussion. But yeah, definitely nothing. I think we could pin on J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. Who knows if J.K. Rowling is to blame for witch talk and all these other uh, online trends I've I've heard about? Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There is, I think. there is an interesting there is an interesting shift. Kind of, I think Gen Gen Zers um, are interested in kind of exploring forms of spirituality that would previously be kind of laughed at. You know including things like witchcraft and the occult. So certainly something for Chet to be aware of. But yeah, unclear how much it is to blame for Harry, Ron and Hermione. Um, we've yeah. covered a lot of ground here. Sh- shall we draw a conversation? Any final thoughts from you, Sam? Or, sh- or shall we draw a conversation to a close on Halloween? You've you've uh, exhausted, exhausted me, Tim. I've said <laughs> more about Halloween than I... Uh than I thought I even knew or, or remembered to, to say. But what a fascinating discussion covering so much ground. <laughs> well, I'm glad I've squeezed every last bit of toothpaste out the tube there. Uh, thanks, Sam. Thanks, Emma, for a great conversation. Hope it was interesting. And uh, however all of our listeners enjoyed or otherwise abstained from Halloween, I hope you had a good one. And uh, we'll speak to you again next week about something, maybe something slightly more serious. Who knows? <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. That's it for this week's Premier Christian Newscast. But if you've enjoyed what you heard, please do leave us a review on whatever podcast app you use. And why not also tell a friend about the show? Don't forget, you can also subscribe to the podcast to make sure you get each new episode sent automatically to your phone or tablet week by week. If you've got any questions, feedback, or want to suggest a topic we should explore, you can email me at tswyatt at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Premier Christian Newscast.